This evening, by the grace of God, we will look at module 105. Module 105. Serving God and people, the reason for living. Serving God and people, the reason for living. Let us pray. Father, we honor you. We bow down before you. We thank you for the salvation of our souls, Lord. We thank you for saving us when you saved us. Tonight, we've come to you, O God. Uh, We ask for your help, Holy Spirit. Uh, Speak to us, Lord. Reveal the mysteries in your word to us. We ask, Holy Spirit, as we surrender ourselves under your grace and your teaching tonight, we are asking, Lord, every stronghold in our minds, everything that has exalted itself above the knowledge of God, let them be torn down in the name of Jesus. Let our minds be renewed by by your word, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. If I can have the New Living Translation, please. Philippians 2, 3 to 7. Philippians 2, 3 to 7, New Living Translation. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Praise God. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So if you hold it there for a little bit, uh, one of the things that jumped out to me there says, the Bible is not telling us not to look after yourself or not to look after your own interest. It's just saying, don't look after your own interest alone. Okay? Yeah. But take an interest in others. Verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Okay? Verse 6. Though he was God, this is the attitude that, God, that uh, Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. <laughs> no pride. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. Was born as a human being when he appeared here. Father, we thank you once again for your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you breathe upon your word, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As believers, we must get to a point where we can assess our motives and be sure that our motives line up with what our master and savior Jesus teaches. Amen. At every step of the way in our journey, it will benefit us as part of our regular spiritual health check to see how we are doing on what I call the spiritual health checkometer. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Particularly in the area of service. In the area of service. Um, are we measuring up to the standard that Jesus expects from us? If we are, fantastic. But can we improve? Amen. Can we improve? And if you are not, then what can we do to improve knowing that Jesus is our benchmark for service? Amen. What is my point? Our spiritual barometer is the word. And the Bible is littered with examples for us in the area of service. Why should we serve? Why should we serve? Should we serve? Should we serve? Okay, if we, can, if we should serve. How do we serve then? Okay. If we answer the question, how do we serve then? What is required for service? Is there anything required? Uh, are all types of service acceptable? Or is this just come see, come sir? You know, you know, service is service. Amen? 
So tonight, by the grace of God, we will explore this topic as much as time will allow us. But we will narrow down on some biblical uh, characters that we can learn from. We will look at the example of a man, the example of a woman. But to start with, what does it mean to serve? What does it mean to serve? You know, what does it mean to serve? For the purpose of our study uh, tonight, to serve means three things I've called out. Number one, to help achieve something or to be useful as something. To help achieve something or to be useful as something. Number two, to be of use. Right? Definition of serve within our context tonight. To be of use. Number three, to be worthy of reliance or trust. To be worthy of reliance or trust. So within the context of serving God and people, if we slot in, right, serving God and people uh, into that, those definitions, so this is what we are going to have. To help God or people achieve something or to be useful as something to God or people. To help God or people achieve something or to be useful as something to God or people. Number two, to be of use to God and people. To serve means to be of use to God and people. Number three, to serve means to be worthy of reliance or trust. <laughs> can God trust you and I? Or can people trust us? Amen? As believers, we know that Jesus is the Son of God. But we must always bear in mind that he came to this earth to be a servant and he showed us the perfect example of what it means to serve. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Matthew 20, 28. Um, the KJV, sorry, NKJV, please. New King James Version. Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If you and I are going to be like Jesus, or if we profess to love Jesus, which most of us do, amen? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He is my friend. Hallelujah. If if we profess to love Jesus, then we have to serve God and people. Amen? So, the corollary is true as well. If you, are, if you and I are not serving God or people, then our claim of loving Jesus, I dare say, is false. Amen? It's false. Look at what um, Zig Ziglar said. Zig Ziglar, of late memory now. Uh, it says, you can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. <laughs> That's very powerful. That will change your paradigm completely when you talk about service. You can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. That is, that is insightful. Amen? So, one of the ways I jokingly say it is, I'm very selfish. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm very selfish. 
So when I find the opportunity to help, I go all out. Hallelujah. Because I know it will come back. And it's just a principle. It's going to come back. The only, so let me throw a caveat now. Because somebody can run around with that one and say, that's selfish man. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when I have the opportunity to do that, my motive is very clear. I don't expect anything back. Amen? I don't expect anything back. So if, for example, um, the person misbehaves in whatever way, however you can define misbehaving, it really doesn't, um, it doesn't hurt me. Because in the first place, I didn't do it because I expected something. Amen? So at least God has helped me a lot in that, in that area. Praise the Lord. So the motive is very important. And we'll talk about motive as well. Amen? So let's make this very practical then. Uh, we're going to look at service. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of points. Talking about service. How do we drive this home? Very, very practically. Number one, the reason you are alive is to serve and please God. Amen? Fundamentally. One of the very important reasons you and I are alive today is to serve and please God. Uh, the NIV version NIV, Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4. NIV. Praise God. Okay. It is the Lord your God you must follow. And him you must revere. <laughs> Reverence. Him you must revere. Keep his commands. Obey him. Serve him. I love this part. Hold fast to him. Amen? Hold fast to him. For those of us that uh, lived back in, grew up back in Lagos, Nigeria, you know, <laughs> when you want to run after the, after the, those, those things they call, not contraption, that they call <laughs> transportation. Amen? You know, <laughs> praise God. I think I'm on camera. I don't want to manifest. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> Praise God. But you, you, get, you get the picture. How you hang on. You know that if your hand slips, it is a matter of life and death. Amen? That's, that's the image that comes to me. Hold fast to him. Amen? Hold fast to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. The reason you are alive is to serve and please God. Amen? You know, Joshua was telling the children of Israel in Joshua 24, 15. I really love the part, that part. You know, it gets to a point where you have to call a spade a spade and damn the consequences. That's really basically Joshua 25:15. Joshua 25:15. Praise God. Okay. It says, if it is unacceptable in your sight, I'm reading from the Amplified. If it is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, no problem. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. He gave them the option and he, exp he explicitly stated it. If it is the God, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites where you are right now, amen, hallelujah, in whose land you dwell, you see that? But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, yeah, we serve the Lord, we serve the Lord, amen. Friends, the question for you and I tonight is this, uh, on heaven's measurement scale, Heaven's measurement scale. What is the reading of our service? Is it going to be overweight? Or average, just okay? 
or the needle will not move. <laughs> or the needle will not move at all. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> because, you know, when all is said and done, when all is said and done, uh, serving and pleasing God will be the only thing that matters. Serving and pleasing God uh, will be the only thing that matters. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Let's look at what it says. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Amen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. When everything is said and done, let us hear the conclusion. In summary, by the time you slice it and dice it, this is the conclusion. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Amen. Now, at this point, however, I need to, um, you know, I need to let you realize that there will be strong opposition to you serving God and people. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. The enemy will raise up opposition. He will try to get you to seek and serve any other thing apart from God. Amen? He will give you the opportunity. Praise God. So how? How, how, how does he do this? He is going to try to tempt us with so many things, you know. Um, very, very, the one that we all relate to very well, you know, particularly in this part of the world, is uh, mammon, or otherwise known as money. Praise God. Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. <laughs> For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else... He will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Period. So the, the, the Satan will try to use mammon. <laughs> Money. Say, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, another one is worry. Worry. Matthew 6, 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Worry. We'll talk about this a little bit. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, your body, the layers, the pancake, everything. What you will put on, praise God, the Gucci, the Armani. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Verse 27. Verse 27. Look at the... Okay. Which of you... Let's go to 27, 27. So which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Is it not amazing that, you know, sometimes we get entrapped in worrying. But the worrying does not solve the problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, the devil tries to cheat us. So the question is, so if the Bible says I should not worry, so does that mean, Kisera, Sarah? What will be would be, um, you know, as the husband, for example, you don't need to, um, you know, worry about your family. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> is, is that what it means? You know, no, that's not what it means, right? So there's difference between worry and thinking. There's difference between worry and thinking. We have to think, sir. That's why God has given us the brain. Amen. We have to think. Praise God. We have to think. Uh, so thinking, thinking generates positivity. Thinking generates positivity. Okay, so what do we do? What do we do? Okay, Holy Spirit. Um, you know, it's another form of meditation. 
Holy, Holy Spirit, I need your help. You know, what is the way out? Right? Your mindset is different. When it comes to worry, worry usually leads to no positive results. Amen? Yeah. By the rivers of Babylon. Where we sat down and wept. Yeah. That's, so that's usually a very big difference between worry and thinking. Right? So Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. The NLT version, Philippians 4, 8. Praise God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. See that word thinking? Praise God. So think about what is true. Think about what is honorable. Think about what is right. Think about what is pure. Think about what is lovely. Amen? And admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. So please, let's stop worrying. But let's think. Number three, pleasures of life. You know, how, how in what, what's our, what, uh, what tools, what opposition tools, right, uh, does the enemy usually use to keep us from serving God? Pleasures of life. This one is, uh, is very important. Luke 8, Luke 8, 14. Luke 8, 14. Uh, if we have the NKJV, thank you, sir. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, right, talking about the sower going out to sow the word, go out, are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Worry leads to no positive results. Pleasures of life, right? Uh, finally, anything on this earth that will take your mind off of God, anything and everything that will take your mind off, trust me, the devil will bring it up. Amen? He will bring it up. For, so, for example, for somebody that, uh, you know, maybe it took a while before, uh, you know, after getting married, it took a while before uh, they, started, they start popping babies out, right? You know, five years, I don't know, seven years, whatever. And before then, they are very active in serving. Praise God. Hallelujah. But then, after that, ah, sister, I'm not seeing you regularly again. Eh, it's my children. <laughs> my children, my children. So, really, basically, what you're saying is, oh God, you see now, you've given me the children. So, you understand. Maybe you shouldn't have given me the children. No. Ah, amen. God will help us. Uh, you come with the child. Hallelujah. <laughs> I go back to the child stay there too. You feed the child, it's okay. You know, you think God doesn't understand? God, God doesn't, yeah. God sees the heart now. Amen. God will help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Serving God and people, reason for living. So, what, what other practical thing do we want to talk about? All right. Uh, as you serve and please God, we are also to we are we are also to serve people but not necessarily to please people. Amen? Not necessarily to please people. Praise the Lord. When you serve people, you're actually serving God. However, there are times when people will not be pleased with our attempts to serve them. Our efforts to serve may be rejected as we attempt to either share the gospel with them or give wise counsel to them. Right? Um... You know, and that's where your motive comes in. If you have a plain motive, no ulterior motive, if you try to give somebody counsel and the person shuts you down, 
or even the person abuses you, why do you take offense? You've done your part. Praise God. Depending on the measure of the Holy Spirit that you have, praise God, like we learned in the Bible study, uh, you should get to the point where you actually pray for the person as well. Amen. Why are you looking at me? I'm talking to myself too. Praise God. Amen. I remember some time ago, talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, no, I won't say that. So, another practical thing to note. Don't serve others only when they deserve it. This is very important. Don't serve others only when they deserve it. You serve at all times because you love God. Don't serve people in order to get recognition from people. Amen? Talking about motive again. Don't serve other people or don't serve people in order to get recognition. It won't get you anywhere. If it does, you're going to fall flat on the face. Amen? Uh, let's talk about this more. Faithfulness is required to be a servant of God. God. Faithfulness is required, sir. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Amplified, please. The amplified version. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Praise the Lord. Serving God and people risen for living. First Corinthians 4 2. Moreover, it is look at the adjectives and the qualifiers. Praise God. It is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. Yes. Amen. Uh you know, in the school of service, faithfulness is a requirement. It's a prerequisite. It is mandatory. It's not an elective. It's not a nice to have. You don't pass it, you don't move to the next class. Amen? Back in university, um, you know, you take elective courses. Amen? You go to other departments. Uh, when I was studying engineering, computer engineering, you go to Drama, we go to, amen, we go to, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> but where I'm going is, if, you know, in the morning your friends see you, you're still sleeping on the bed, ah, aren't you going to class today? <laughs> I have a class, yeah, yeah. Which class? Yeah. Is that elective, that drama class, you know? You can have your attitude, it will show in your attitude. But if it's your major, <laughs> computer science, <laughs> you don't know if the teacher is going to call for impromptu test. So you will show up there. Uh, faithfulness is required. It's not an elective. It's not an elective. And when you are faithful in your service to God and people, God will honor you. Guaranteed. God will honor you. Amen? God will honor you. So quickly, um, are there any biblical examples that we want to follow, right? In the school of service. I said that we'll look at two examples, right? Uh, example of a man, a male, and a female. So let's look at the example of Joseph. How can we imitate Joseph in the school of service, in the examples he's given us? Joseph was a faithful servant in every circumstance, right? That's what I want us to call out really a lot. In every circumstance, Joseph was a faithful servant. In Potiphar's house, he was faithful. In the prison, he was faithful. When he became premier, forget about that. You know, which was one of the reasons why God was able to prosper him in all of these circumstances, and in all he did. So at Potiphar's house, let's look at that. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. Let's look at the Amplified, please. I want to 
call out some particular words. Genesis 39, verse 4, amplified version. So this is at Potiphar's house. So Joseph pleased Potiphar and found favor in his sight. And he served him. He served him. And his master made him supervisor over his house. And he put all that he heard, he had in his charge. If we jump to verse 6. Verse 6. And Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's charge. Look at that. He paid no attention to anything he had except the food he ate. Sometimes I wonder why the food. Was he, was he afraid that Joseph was going to poison him or what? I mean, anyway. anyway. Now, Joseph was an attractive person and fine looking. <laughs> that one got into, him into trouble. But the point here tonight is um, at Potiphar's house, Joseph served. He was faithful. Amen? He was faithful. And then, you know, of course, uh, the master put him in charge of everything. Everything. He paid no attention to anything except the food he ate. How about in prison? In prison. Genesis 39, verse 20. Genesis chapter 39, verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison. Remember, the Bible says he was handsome. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> because if he was not handsome or fair looking, Potiphar's wife would probably not have uh, harassed him <laughs> and set him up. Amen. So, the GQ boy, praise God. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> the GQ boy, be careful. <laughs> Amen. So, in prison, Genesis 39, verse 20. And Joseph's master took him, put him in the prison, a place where the state prisoners were confined. It's not the small, small boys. It's a hard criminals. So he was there in the prison. Let's jump to verse, um, verse 21. Let's go to 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and loving kindness and gave him favor in the sight of the warden of the prison. Verse 22. And the warden of the prison committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatsoever was done there, he was in charge of it. Joseph was faithful in the prison. How about as premier? When the things turned around for him. Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41, verse 37. As premier. Genesis 41, 37. 37. Okay. Praise God. Don't worry. My, I've tried. My tongue, it can't, the thing can't change. Yeah, it can't change. So you just have to bear with me. Amen. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, sometimes my children will say, pardon, daddy? Pardon? You say, you're telling me pardon? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he will come back and ask me. He say, pardon? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Genesis 41, 37. And the plan seemed good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. Verse 40. So what happened? Verse 40. You shall have charge See that word again. Over my house, all my people shall be governed according to your word with reverence, submission, and obedience. Only in matters of the throne will I be greater than you are. Amen? So we see the example of uh, Joseph. In every circumstance, he was, he was uh, faithful, sir. Amen? In Potiphar's house, when he first landed in that place, praise God, 
you know, as a, uh, even as a refugee, you can tell me as a refugee, right? He was a slave, you know, he was, he was faithful. Then he got into trouble, amen? Uh, he found himself in prison. He was still faithful. He was still in charge. Then he got out. He became premier. So he was part and parcel of him. Amen? He was faithful. Faithfulness is required in the school of service. All right. What about Esther? This one is for the woman. Praise God. Esther. Esther endangered her royal position, her fame, even her life to serve the people of God, the Jews. Amen? It was not just about Esther. It was really about uh, the Jews, a whole tribe, a whole nation. Praise the Lord. Esther chapter 4, verse 16. Esther chapter 4, verse 16. The example of Esther. Amen. Hallelujah. So Esther 4, 16. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for 30 days in November 2018. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> no, this one says three days, only three days. Three days, night or day. I've been prepping them, prepping my children in my house. Fast is going to start. Fast is going to start. Fast is going to start. So that there's no story. Amen. So next week, fast is going to start. Eat everything you are going to eat now. <laughs> Praise God. All right, not drink, right, for three days, night or day. I also and my maids will fast as you do. Then I will go to the king. So the point is here, we can't tell, right, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. But we, really, we can't really tell here if it was because of her or because of the Jews, right, the people. So if we jump to verse 7, right, go back to verse 7. Esther chapter 4, verse 7. Go, gather together, verse 7, verse 7. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened to him. This is one of the men that was uh, attending to Esther, that Esther sent to Mordecai. I think his name is Hatan or so. Um, and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasures <laughs> for the Jews to be destroyed. So we see that it's because of the Jews, right? The Jews were the target. Amen? So Esther said, okay, um, we have to serve. Fasting and praying. Uh, I will risk my royal position. I will risk my life. Amen. I will risk my fame for the people. So verse 7 proves to us that Esther's action represents seven people. Amen. Seven people. Seven people. Hallelujah. Um, so, in closing, I want to leave you and I with the following statements. Right? Um, I want you to know this, you know, appreciate it, grab a hold of the concept. Uh, let it be at the back of your mind consistently. Uh, like, my, like my mom would tell me when I was growing up, say, you know, what some things they tell you that is important, you hold it in your left hand, amen, so you don't eat with it. I say, this one doesn't work here. If you are left handed, <laughs> amen, not if you are left handed. <laughs> What's going to happen? You drop the thing, then you eat, amen? But, you know, you get the concept, right? It's very important. That's, you need to keep it in mind. Number one, God is looking for just one person who is willing to stand in the gap on behalf of other people. Just one man. Just one man is what God is looking for. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. 
Let's look at that quickly in the Amplified. Ezekiel 22, 30. God is looking for just one man who is willing to stand in the gap on behalf of other people. And I sought a man among them who should build up the wall, stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. But I found none. God is looking for just one person. Number two, if you are willing to serve, God is looking for you. Uh, if you are willing to serve, God is looking for you. Number three, God has placed you in the body of Christ where he wants you to be per time. Wherever that is, serve God, serve people with all that you have. Amen? It's very important. With all that you have. Remember we said, how should we serve? Uh, or service is service. It's acceptable anyways, right? After all, I'm doing them a favor. Ha! Scratch. You ain't doing nobody no favor. Amen? You are doing yourself the favor, sir. Amen? Yeah. Because either you serve or you don't serve. The work will continue. Amen? The work will continue. That's one thing I've come to. The work is continuous, sir. Amen? <laughs> Except if it is not the work of God. If it is the work of God, the work will continue 100%. So when you don't show up, mm -hmm. amen? Mm -hmm. As far as heaven is concerned, uh, heaven has not uh, missed or lost anything. Praise the Lord. Uh, says, if the people would not praise me, amen, I will raise up stones. This is God we are talking about, sir. Amen. God has placed you in the body of Christ where he wants you to be at time. Serve God and people. Number four, by serving even just one person, you can change the world. At the very least, the world of that one person. Amen? The world of that one person. Uh, when that, uh, the former homeless man that I spoke about, right? Um, an alcoholic, up until the age of 30. Very amazing story. It's the mayor of uh, Oshawa, the city of Oshawa. I just saw the story. Up until the age of 30, sir. Today, as we speak, is the elected mayor of that same city. When he was, as part of the questions they were asking him, um, said, who can he credit in some way, right? Who can he give credit to? Without battling an eyelid, he said, his sister. Ah, said his sister never gave up on him. Never gave up on him. You know, the sister always believed in him. You know, he said, remember the day that it was like a turning point for him. He was so down and broken. He was so high. He said to her, he called the sister. The sister said, okay, where are you? He said, okay, just come. So the sister showed up at the sister's house. And the sister slapped him more or less, right? Boom, boom, boom. Wake up. You better make up your mind. Otherwise, you're going to die. So if you don't want to die, choose today. I just remember that scripture. Choose today who you will serve. <laughs> so thankfully, he chose right. They sent him to uh, rehab. And uh, he had a new beginning. Amen? By serving just one person. You can change the world. The world of that one person. Amen. On a daily basis, uh, let not only heaven take note of your service, but also let there be at least someone that will go to bed grateful to God for an impact that you have made in their lives. This is what Helen Walton said. I'm going I'm to close with this. Helen Walton. Helen Walton. That's the wife of Sam Walton. Right? Uh, the... When you hear Walton, just remember Walmart. Uh, just remember Walmart. She said, 
it is not what you gather, but what you scatter that tells what kind of life you have lived. <laughs> I mean, if a billionaire, by the time she, this was 2009, she passed on. She was a billionaire. It says, it is not what you gather or what you scatter that tells what kind of life you have lived. So I asked myself, uh, have I scattered at all? <laughs> have I scattered? If I've scattered, uh, has the scattering been felt? You know you can scatter and uh, people will not know that you've scattered. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you, <laughs> okay. You know, like pastor will say, when they call you from Nigeria, enter and come out. <laughs> there are some entering in and coming out. That, you, yes, the person that you came out to meet will know that, yes, you really entered and you came out. And there are some that they will still be praying for you when they are away on that. Okay, we are still praying for our brother. Amen. Praise the Lord. But what's my point, right? Uh, we need to change our paradigm. Amen. If we have been serving, uh, fantastic. We give God the praise. Can we improve in our service? If we have not been serving, there's always an opportunity. Amen. How can we improve our service? Can we check the quality of our service? Per time. Annually, in this country, uh, we, are, we are now have the opportunity to go for a medical checkup. Right? I go every year. Uh, the doctor gives me instructions. Praise God. I want you to continue praying for me that some of those part of the instruction, amen, I will fulfill by his grace. Amen. But here's my point. We do that, right? For our health. Amen. I want us as part of that also regularly. Let's do uh, a spiritual checkometer. Amen. Uh, at any point in time, if we stand on heaven's scale of uh, service measurements, what is, what is it going to read? Amen? They talk about BMI, body mass index. Uh, when you put it in that context, is it going to scale towards the fact that it's going to be heavy? Amen? This is the one case where they will tell you, don't lose weight. If the thing is heavy, don't lose your spiritual service weight. Amen? We need to, <laughs> we need to load it more and more. Amen? God will help us.